Y'all can hear you. What it do, what it do. Here with your boy Q from the Q&E Podcast, man. My name is Quincy Hicks, man. Here with my boy Eggert, man. Eggert, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here with my boy Quincy. You know, we're going to get into these sports topics and let y'all know how we feel and give y'all some bold predictions and just uh, keep it real with what's going on in the sports world today. Like my boy Edgar said, man, the Q&D podcast is a primarily sports podcast, but we will be dibbling, dabbling in the entertainment, movie, uh, and other topics such as that. But today we're doing an NBA preview, being that the season starts on Tuesday the 22nd. We just want to give you guys our predictions, our rankings on what we think is going to happen uh, this season. Uh, we want to start out with the opening night games, which is Toronto versus New Orleans and LA versus the Clippers. Being that Zion is not playing for New Orleans due to his uh, his knee injury, his undisclosed knee injury, uh, we really won't be talking about that game. That's going to be a throwaway game. Uh, Raptors going to get their rings, but I really don't care. But the real game of the night, the Lakers and the Clippers, man. Edgar, tell the people how you feel. Uh, Lakers and the Clippers, that, that's going to be one of the most exciting opening games for an NBA season that we've had in a long time. I think this season as a whole is just going to be one of the most electric seasons that we've seen in the past few years, uh, being that uh, the power shift has really has really shifted now. The West is still um, obviously stronger than the East, but the fact that players are not just going to the winning teams now, they're actually choosing to go to teams to make them better, uh, whether that be KD and Kyrie going to the net, or uh, AD going to LA with the Lakers with Braun, you know it's just it's a lot going around right now. So the fact that you have both LA teams this year um, for the first time in a long, long time, actually both championship contenders, not just playoff contenders, both championship contenders this year. Uh, this is going to be a very great opening night with Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, I think George is going to be out. Yeah. Right? This game, uh, yeah, with, for this first game to open the season, but still, just Kawhi with Pat Beverly, uh, all those boys, and Lou Will coming off the bench for the Clippers, and Doc Rivers as head coach. That that's just going to be a great matchup against LeBron and AD and the squad that they've made, and the um, new coaching staff, the, the new assistant coaching staff that they have this season. So I, I feel like it's going to be a great night. Man, Edgar basically said everything I was about to say, man. The Clippers are going to be without George. He isn't coming back until, I think, November. But it's going to be a, a good matchup between two of the top duos probably in the league. Like he said, George isn't playing, but uh, in the future games, man, George and Kawhi and LeBron and AD is going to be crazy coming up uh, the playoffs and down the stretch of the season. I also want to give, uh, give a little shine to Toronto, man, defending uh, NBA champs. Siakam just signed his big deal, four-year, $130 million. New Orleans is going to be without Zion, man, but they still have a lot of exciting players, man. You got Lonzo, you got Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, got J.J. Redick off the bench. So how do you feel about the the Raptors and the Pelicans going into this game? Uh, for the Raptors and Pelicans, I really feel like it's either teams, uh, it's either teams game to win. I don't think there's a clear-cut favor for this game. Uh, it's a bunch of young talent on uh, New Orleans right now. They they have the whole world ahead of them with how young their roster is and how eager they are to play. 
you got the Toronto Raptors, even though they're without Kawhi, they're still the reigning champions from this past season, so you still got to respect that. And uh, the fact that they still have Van Fleet, uh, they got Siakam, like you just talked about, just signed his deal, and uh, a couple other players still from that championship roster, you know. Um, I, I think it could still be a pretty decent matchup for the first night of the NBA season. Yeah, definitely, man. And if you don't know, man, Zion just got uh, injury news a, a day ago, a couple of days ago. We really don't know the exact amount of time he will be out, but uh, Wolves reported that he will be out weeks. We don't know if that's two weeks. We don't know if that's a few months. We don't know how many weeks it is. Hopefully, Zion comes back quickly, man. We're all excited to see him. Uh, but, yeah, the game isn't going to be the same without Zion on open. And I was definitely looking forward to that one. So for our next topic, we will be getting into our rankings, man. Our rankings are predictions uh, that we think uh, is going to happen for the for the playoffs in the East and the Western Conference. So I'll start it off in the East. I got the Bucks at number one. I think Giannis will take the reins. I think the I think the Bucks will will do it again, man. Number one in the East. I have the 76ers number two. I have the 76ers going to the finals, but I have the Bucks having the better regular season, so I got 76ers at number two. I got Boston at number three with Kimba and Jason Tatum. I think that's the third best team in the East. The Pacers, the Pacers are probably one of the best well-coached teams in the NBA, even though the talent doesn't match it up. And Oladipo is going to be out for, I think, half of the year still with the patella injury that uh, happened last year. I think they still have enough talent to get them to a fourth or fifth seed, a middle team in the East. I have the Raptors coming in at fifth with no Kawhi. Uh, the Heat, man, shout out to the Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, I think it's going to get him to the sixth seed. Nets with no KD, uh, but with Kyrie, and they have a lot of good role players, man. DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think could get him. Oh, Karis LeVert just got his deal as well. So the Nets, and I got the Hawks. My surprise team in the East is the Hawks, man. I love the Hawks coming into this year with Trey Young. Cam Reddish and John Collins. So that's my team coming out of the East. But so that's my rankings, my first eight. So what you got, Edgar? Um, <clears throat> my rankings for the Houston Conference. Uh, it's a little bit similar to yours. There's a few different slot changes that I would make. I do have the Bucks as the first, the Milwaukee Bucks. I do have them as the first seed. Like you said, I think Giannis is definitely going to take um take reign over the East this um, season, and I feel like he's going to lead the Bucks to the first seed and keep them in that top playoff spot. Uh, right under them, I'll probably say the um, Celtics with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and all those boys. I feel like they'll, they feel like they might have something to prove um, after Kyrie leaving and not being able to fill his leadership role there. I think they still want to prove to everybody that although they're young and they may not have that it factor as their leader, they can still make some noise. So I put them at number two, plus Kemba Walker is there now, and we all know how good he is. Uh, at number three, I'll put Philly right there at number three with Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, and Al Horford now, a new addition to that team. So Philly will be number three for me. Number four, I'm going to take a very, very surprising prediction with this, and I'm going to put the Nets at number four. What? I feel like Kyrie. I feel like Kyrie um, will take such an electric charge this season, and I feel like he'll he'll surprise a lot of people and get the Nets to that fourth seed. But, but let me ask uh, you this though. Let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this though. 
Do you think Kyrie, even with his uh, inconsistent attitude, do you think he is going to be a good leader for this team? Being that there's no KD and really no nobody with actual playoff experience or championship experience on the team, do you think he will be a good leader for the Nets? I feel like he'll be a good leader just because of the fact that when he the moment when he apologized to LeBron, when he realized what it really took to be a leader for the team, I feel like by that moment, it was kind of, he was kind of on his way out of the Celtics. So that lesson learned wasn't going to be that effective with the with the roster that he was with at Boston because there was already a lot of friction there. But the lessons that he's learned now, I feel like he's going to take that with him to Brooklyn for this season. And he, he got DeAndre Jordan over there with him. So it's not like he's just completely by himself. So I, I feel like this is going to be a breakout year for the Nets as far as playoffs are concerned. I feel like he'll, he'll definitely lead them to a fourth spot for the playoffs. Right under them, under number four, I'll, I'll put the Raptors at number five. Uh, like I said earlier with Siakam and Van Vliet and the rest of them, I feel like that'll be number five The Number six. I will have to say I will go with the Pacers for number six for the same reasons you gave. Their coaching staff is really good, although the talent isn't quite there to match it. And with Old Depot being out, I still feel like they're an aggressive team and they'll they'll find a way to get that um, six spot secured. Number seven, I feel like it'll be the Atlanta Hawks. And surprisingly, I feel like my Miami Heat will make the number eight playoff seed with Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero being big factors in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with the Heat. I agree with the Heat. The Heat, my team too, man. So I'm all the way with it, man. I think the Heat could make a playoff run, man, depending on their seeding. I think people sleep on the Heat every year. Probably the one of the most well coached teams with Eric Spoelstra, man. So they get it done every year, in my opinion, with not that much talent. So let's get into the Western Conference. I'll let you go to start off the Western. All right, for my Western Conference predictions, I'm gonna say. For the number one seed, it was really hard for me to kind of try and pick this, but I honestly feel like the Clippers, even with the low management situation, I feel like the Clippers are going to be the number one seed this season. It'll either be them or the Denver Nuggets. So uh, you could swap either one of those for the one and two seed. Either one will be fine um, because Jokic uh, being such a, down down low force that he is at the rim. Uh, I feel like he's going to be a, a center um, a center of points in the paint for for the Nuggets this season and he's going to really um, make teams have to really question whether they want to play on the perimeter or keep guys down low. So I feel like the Nuggets are going to be just as big of contenders for that number one seed as the Clippers. So they could be ones and twos. The number three seed I see will be uh, the Lakers um, with LeBron and AD. LeBron not playing since April, the longest break he's had in his career in the past, like nine, ten seasons almost. You know, so I, I feel like he's going to come back with a lot of energy, a lot of rest, and I feel like he's going to be ready to go. And I feel like with Anthony Davis right there next to him, you know, um, one of the top three players in the league, as far as I'm concerned at this moment. Um, I, I feel like they're they're gonna do a lot of damage to a lot of people, and uh, 
number four. I mean, excuse me, number um. Yeah, you got number, number four. Five. Okay. Oh yeah, number four. Yeah, Lakers number three. At number four, I put the Houston Rockets with um Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Number five, uh, put the Portland Trail Blazers. Number six, I put the Jazz. Uh, I put I like I like um Porzingis and I like Luka Doncic. So I feel like Mavericks will be that seven seed. And actually, no, I'll put Golden State at the seventh seed. Because I, I, although the depth isn't really there for the Warriors this year, I still feel like um, Curry and Draymond will be that force that the Warriors need to still get in the playoffs. So I see them making the seventh seed, and I see the Mavericks making the eighth seed. Yeah, mine is basically all the same teams, but like different order. Number one, I got the Rockets because I don't think the Clippers or the Lakers uh, are going to go hard in the regular season. They both know what they can do during the playoffs. They both have experienced lineups. Uh, but the Rockets would definitely be trying to get that home court advantage. So I got the Rockets at number one. Nuggets, uh, the same reasons that I gave the Rockets. They're going after it. Uh, no load management. They're a young team. They're going to run and gun. So I got the Nuggets at number two. Number three, I got the Clippers. With, uh, Kawhi and PG, four the Lakers, five the Jazz. I think Mike Conley could make a big difference for this team come playoff time. So I got number six, the Blazers, seven, the Spurs. They could be a sneaky team in the West. And I got the Warriors at number eight. Now, right now, I want to get. I I like that list. I like that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the top six in uh, in the West are pretty locked when it comes to the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz. Um, the Rockets. I think the top six are pretty solidified, but the, the bottom two, where it could be the Pelicans, uh, the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Spurs, is going to be the what's really interesting come uh, come playoff time, especially with Clay coming back. So we gave you our rankings. So now we want to uh, tell you who are contenders and also who are the pretenders coming from the NBA. So we gave you the rankings. Now we want to give you the right, uh, contenders and pretenders. So first, I want to start off with the Rockets, man. Are they for real or not? I think they're for real. Those are definitely contenders. Um, I trust Russell and I trust Harden. I feel like although they're both ball-dominant players, I feel like they'll find a way to make it work playing years later after their years in OKC. I have the Rockets as pretenders. Um, I don't think Russ and Harden can coexist. Uh, seeing what C- seeing what Harden did to CP3 last year, uh, being Harden being so ball dominant, and Harden being the best player out of the Westbrook and Harden duo, I think Harden's going to do the same thing he always did the past few years since he's gotten MVP. I think he's going to make Russ stand in the corner, and Russ really can't shoot the ball, so it's really <laughs> that's not really Russ's game. Uh, I think the Rockets will stagger their minutes the best they can during the regular season. But during playoff time, that won't work at all. They have to both be on the court. But they don't, They won't have a system for both of them at the same time. Um, what about the Warriors, man? Contenders or pretenders? Well, I think the Warriors are also contenders. You know, uh, although, like I said before, the depth isn't really there. I still feel like Steph is going to make a very big... Um, I know we'll get into this a little bit soon, but I feel like Steph will make a strong MVP case with how well he'll be able to carry the team still, because uh, this is going to be a chance for him to show that he doesn't need a, another person to still be that guy that he is, that 
greatest shooter we've ever seen. Like, he could still be that guy, even if it's just him. So I feel like um, the Warriors are definitely contenders. I have the Warriors being contenders as well. And when I actually mean finals contenders for this. If Clay comes back healthy in time for the playoffs, I think they are one of the most talented teams. Like you said, they don't have a lot of depth, but they have some of the best talent in the league. With Steph, you still got Draymond, you brought in Carly Stein, you got D. Russell. And then if Clay comes back healthy, man, I think you still have one of the best lineups in the league. Um, they could be dangerous come playoff time if everybody comes back healthy. So I actually have them as like being finals contenders, not just playoff contenders as well. Uh, what about the the Celtics? Are they finals contenders, not playoff contenders? Are they finals contenders? Uh, the Celtics, I really like them. But I would, in that case, I would have to say pretenders. If we're talking about a title contention, I would have to say pretenders. I, I love Jalen Brown. I love Tatum. Uh, Marcus Smart, he, he's iffy with me sometimes, but he, he gives the team the sort of fire that they need in certain games, you know. So and even though Kimber Walker is there, I, I still feel like the top um, teams, in the East, or, um, the 76ers and the Bucks, I feel like those other two top teams are just going to be too much for them. I agree with everything you just said. They're pretenders, man. I love Kimba, man, but he really hasn't had success come playoff time. Jason Tatum and Brown, they have had success, but I don't think they're ready to take that leap into superstar status right now. Jalen Brown is having contract issues, so I don't even think he's going to be with the Celtics long term. So it's a lot still going on. I think the loss of Al Horford, for the Celtics is going to be huge, huge, huge. They replaced him with uh, Ennis Cantor, who cannot play defense. So it's going to be hard for them. They're going to get killed down low come the season. And, uh, yeah, Celtics pretenders, man, definitely. What about the Jazz? Uh, the Jazz, as far as championships are concerned, I, I have to, again, say pretenders for them. Uh, just with the way the, the West is looking right now with Ron and AD, Kawhi with Paul George coming back, Russ and Harden, uh, like you were just saying with Steph, when Clay comes back, you know, it, that's just that's too much to put on the Jazz to say that they'll be able to just go through any of those teams easily to get to the championship. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually, 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 actually. If we're talking about finals contenders, then no. But they're on the edge. I feel like they're still missing a huge piece, but I feel like if they, I don't even think it's a huge piece. I think it's just like a wing player. If they just got a two-way wing player, they would be they would be up there with the Lakers and the Clippers for the top three, in my opinion. I feel like they're still missing it, even though they did bring in Bojan uh, Bogdanovic. They got Donovan Mitchell. They got Mike Conley. I feel like they're still missing one piece on the wing to get them into that that uh, that level or that real contender level with the Lakers and the Clippers. But for right now, they're pretenders, in my opinion, man. Uh, so let's go to the playoff contenders, man. What you think about the Mavericks? Uh, the Mavericks, uh, contenders, definitely contenders. Luka shook the league last season with how well he was playing, um, putting up the numbers he was putting up and showing the effort that he was showing on the court last season. And um, putting that with Porzingis, they don't call him the unicorn for no reason, you know. So just the unique style of play that he has for somebody as long as him, 
I, I feel like that's going to be a great duo, and that's, that's definitely a contender when I think about playoffs. Yeah, man, the same thing in my opinion, man. They definitely playoff contenders, man. Shout out to Luka and the Porzing Goat, man. They're going to be right up there with the Pelicans, like I said earlier. Pelicans, the Spurs, the Warriors are all fighting for that 7th and 8th seed. I don't think they will get in just for the lack of play of experience, but they have the talent to get there. I think um, Luka and Porzingis can be the new Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki of like 98 or 2003, whenever, uh, before Steve Nash got traded, man. So they definitely can be for real in the future, but I don't know if they're making the playoffs just yet, but they definitely contended. They definitely have a chance to get in that that uh, eighth or seventh playoff seed. Uh, what about the Knicks? The Knicks got um, a lot of power, power, power forward acquisitions uh, in free agency. They got Bobby Portis. They got Marcus Morris. They got Julius Randle. They got Taj Gibson. They picked up R.J. Barrett in the draft. They got Kevin Knox. Um, are the Knicks playoff contenders, man? They got the talent. They got a lot of talent, but will it fit together? They also have Dennis Smith Jr. So they have a lot of talent, but will it all make uh, will it all mix to get them to the contender, a playoff contender? When it comes to the Knicks, I just I can't can't put faith in it until it happens. Uh, it's just we the Knicks have not really been even with playoff appearances and whatnot. Ever since we've been born, they haven't been that successful of a franchise at all since you or I have been alive. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, especially over the last few years, especially like they they haven't been even halfway good, honestly. So. Right now, like you said, the talent is there, but for me, there is pretenders. I'm, I'm going to have to go with pretenders. Until it happens, I, I won't knock my head to it at all. Yeah, man, I'm going to agree with you, man, to say pretenders. Man, they got a lot of talent, man. I don't think we will mix right now. They have a lot of uh, weird contracts that I don't think will mix, but I love uh, some players on their team. I love Kevin Knox. I think he should be starring. Dennis Smith, he still has tremendous upside. You got R.J. Barrett in the draft. They just have the mold, the young talent that they have right now. Need somebody to become a star. If one of if some one of those players becomes a star, man, the Knicks could be something in the future. But for right now, man, they definitely, definitely pretenders. The Sacramento Kings. Uh, I just want to dive into the Kings a little bit, man, to see if they're a contender or pretender. They picked up Trevor Ariza during the offseason. They picked up Corey Joseph which is two nice little backup options, man. They got De'Aaron Fox. They picked up Bagley in the draft last year. Uh, they got Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes. They signed everybody to these uh, large contracts, man. But are they contending with these young core, man? Let me know. What you got? What you think? I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they're definitely contenders for like that seventh or eighth. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. I agree. I agree. Uh... Because they were just around that, that spot last year. I think they came in ninth or 10th. With the, they were like fighting with the Timberwolves and with the Lakers, and they was around that range. So uh, I think they're going to be in the same position. Being that the West is so tough, man, teams like the Kings are going to be stuck unless somebody makes a huge jump, unless one of the players, like uh, unless Bagley becomes a superstar, but uh, Fox becomes a superstar. Unless uh, a jump like that occurs, I don't, I don't see them becoming anything special right now. But I do like Fox. I think he will be eventually, not right now, but give him a year, and he will be an all-star type talent. Even in the tough West, I, I still think he's becoming. Yeah, I was saying the same thing about Fox last season. Nah, I really like him. I know everybody 
uh, was talking about Luca a lot, and, and shout out to Luca, he did amazing. And uh, it was it was like one or two other people that everybody was talking about last season. Um, they can't come to mind right now, but I I was looking at DeAndre Fox. Um, like this this kid is really something special. Yeah. See, I don't know how much I like the pickups, man. Being that they have such a young core, picking up an old Trevor Reza. Trevor Reza is like 33, 34 years old. You're paying him $12 million for two years. You're paying, uh, I think they gave Corey Joseph $12 million for uh, per year for like three years. Uh, I think the Kings are still dysfunctional up top. I think the coaching with um, Luke Walton will be solid. But the the GM, the owner, I don't think they are it to take them over the top. I think they have young pieces, but being like being that people like Buddy Hield, uh, Marvin Bagley still have to get paid uh, in the future. I don't think uh, it will work out. So that'll be a a good situation to monitor. Being with all the contracts that are coming up uh, in the future. So we're done with that segment with of contenders and pretenders. Now we want to get into predictions, award predictions. So for rookie of the year, you already know Zion gonna be up there, even though he's gonna miss a couple weeks. You have Ja, you got uh, R.J. Barrett, you got Tyler Hero, you got Michael Porter Jr. All all talents and all are gonna be in the rookie of the year competition. But what do you think? Who do you think is gonna win? R.J. Barrett, John Moran, and Tyler Hero for that third spot. Those would be my top three predictions for Rookie of the Year. And I I really, just like we were saying earlier, we're both Miami Heat fans. Just being a Miami Heat fan, I just want Hero to get it so bad just because, like, his accuracy right now is just amazing. Like, he yeah. can shoot from anywhere on the floor. And he can really stretch the floor really well and make you have to come out and defend to where they can have a really um, nasty pick-and-roll game and they really start practicing it well, especially with how um, intense Jimmy um, Butler plays. So I, I really want Hero to get it, but I, I feel like it'll probably be either Ja or RJ. And the reason I think it'll be one of those two, because like I was saying earlier, um, RJ, when it comes to those three people, I think RJ has the most athleticism out of those three, but Ja has the better skills, and Hero is just that, he's kind of like that clutch all-around player that can just do whatever you need him to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I feel like those would be my top three, but I feel like when it's all said and done, RJ Barrett will probably win it. See, man, I'm going to rock out and give a design, man. Honestly, it depends on how many games he missed. Because they just in the in the um in the report they only said weeks. So I don't know if like I said earlier, I don't know if that's a couple weeks, I don't know if that's several weeks. But if he misses twenty games this year and still does what I think he's gonna do and shows us his potential, because I think he can give us twenty and ten off the bat. That's just how much I think of Zion. I think he can give us twenty and ten already. So I if he plays sixty games for the Pelicans, I think he would win uh rookie of the year. But I have Ja at number two, and I actually have MPJ coming at number three. I think I think MPJ is somebody that slept on. He's going to be coming off the bench for, for the Nuggets. But he's somebody that was the number one prospect in high school. Um, 
was highly heralded coming into to the NBA. He's had injuries his whole career, but now he's healthy. Everything's looking fine now. And I think he's somebody that could be starting by the end of the year and somebody that should be monitored right now um, going into the rookie of the year conversations, man. Um, R.J. Barrett, I like R.J., but I don't see him for rookie of the year. But uh, if Zion doesn't get it because he doesn't play enough games, I got John Morant, man. Shout out to Ja. I think Ja could do the same thing. I think Ja could put up 16 and 8 off the bat. He's going to give you 16 and 8, man. And that's not even with a lot of talent in Memphis. I don't even know who Memphis has. Like Memphis has uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, and uh, Brandon Clark, man. But other than those four people, man, they really don't have that much talent. But Jaw still going to give you 16 and 8 just off his talent alone. So. Shout out to John Morant. Uh, so who you got for MVP? MVP predictions, man. Giannis is the reigning MVP. A lot of people are giving uh, LeBron uh, credit, giving LeBron his flowers, man. They think he's going to be on his revenge tour, man. So what you thinking? Uh, this season, this is going to be, not only is this going to be one of the most interesting NBA seasons in the past few years, this is going to be one of the best MVP seasons in the past few years uh, because, so, like I was saying earlier about LeBron, I, I love LeBron, and I feel like he's gonna he's gonna play better than we've seen him playing in these past few seasons. I'll say the past four or five seasons, this is gonna be the best we've probably seen him play in a while, and that's saying a lot. Like I was saying earlier, he he's had way more rest than he's had in a long time. Uh, he's got a lot of time. He's had a lot of time now to really bond with Anthony Davis and get a game ready with him on how they're going to play when um, regular season comes on Tuesday. And I feel like he's just going to probably average the highest amount of assists for this season. I like LeBron to lead the league in assists this season. You know, so I feel like he's going to make a very, very strong case for MVP. And as far as Giannis, um, with, the, with the East just not being that strong at all, he's definitely going to prove that he could still be also a top one or two contender for the MVP trophy and possibly um, have a case to win it two years in a row. But I personally feel like this is going to be LeBron's year. Yeah, I agree with LeBron. Uh, I actually have Curry coming in at number two. I think Curry going to be number two contender because uh, he has to carry so big of a load being that there's no play and D. Russell is uh, coming in new. He doesn't know really. He doesn't know much. And he doesn't play defense, man. So I think Steph is going to play a huge, huge role if the Warriors want to make a playoff run. I know they're not going to be a high seed, but I think he's going to get a lot of credit for what he's doing for that team. And I think Giannis, uh, I think people are going to have Giannis fatigue coming into this year. Seeing what happened in the playoffs and seeing how he got shut down by Kawhi, I think people are going to look for another contender for MVP coming this year. I, think that, I don't think people are going right after uh, Giannis again. I think Kawhi could be up there as well. My MVP list too, though. I got Curry as number three on my MVP list. Yeah, Curry, Curry gonna do it, and he has to. He has to, honestly, man, because um, they're not gonna play uh, that much defense in the preseason games that I've watched. They haven't played defense at all. Um, D. Russell don't play defense. Curry's not known for defense. Draymond is basically on an island out there, trying to the only one actually trying to play defense. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein has been hurt. I think he's going to be hurt coming into the season as well. So uh, they're going to have to put up a lot of points, man. And I think Curry is able to do that. A lot of 50-point nights are going to come uh, during this season, man. A lot of 50-point nights from Curry, man. It's going to go back to his uh, unanimous MVP days. 
So, Defensive Player of the Year. So, this was a real controversial topic for me. when I, I remember trying to argue this one last year, uh, last season, between Rudy Gobert and Embiid. I actually picked Embiid for Defensive Player of the Year last year just because I feel like Embiid could guard you on the perimeter and in the post as well. He gives you two blocks per game. Um, I remember watching him in the All-Star game one year. And he was locking up uh, Paul George on the perimeter. Paul George was hitting him with all type of saucy moves. And Paul George could not get by him. Paul George tried to rack him. Embiid glassed him, man. So I think Embiid is one of the best all-around defenders. Uh, Draymond is going to be up there. But I got Embiid winning it this year. Uh, Rudy Gobert, he is a good um, interior defender, man. But I think Embiid is going to be up there for MVP as well. He's going to be MVP and defense player of the year. He's going to be in contention for both. And AD is going to be up there as well, but uh, I got Embiid, man. Who you got? I think it'll. I also think Embiid. It'll either be Embiid for the reasons that you stated, and I also think with um, we'll get into this soon too. But with the offensive moves that um Ben Simmons has been showing this preseason, I feel like it'll give the team a new life. That you know, there's different opportunities for them to score now. So. With Embiid not having such a load to try and uh, be that guy on offense and defense, it'll give him a better chance now, hopefully, um, if Simmons can carry this offensive shot into the um, regular season, hopefully it'll give Embiid that energy to not feel like he has to be that guy on offense and defense. Hopefully he can just um, be a stronger defensive player this coming season. And... I have AD in there as well because I just feel like that being next to Braun this season is in LA. It's just going to be such a firehouse. Um, it's going to be such a firepower for them um, at the rim. You know, even though they have Javale McGee and Dwight Howard, I feel like Anthony Davis is going to be the main one protecting that rim. Even if he has to come from off the perimeter to block people from behind, you know, I feel like he's going to be the one to get the most blocks on that team and probably even come up with some of the most steals down low. So I, I feel like AD and Embiid are going to be the two front runners for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And I see, I'll probably see AD winning that one when it's all said and done. Yeah, AD said that was one of his goals coming into this season, man, so I can definitely see AD up there as well. Um, PG was came in second last year, so shout out to PG. Uh, I don't think PG will play enough games to be in the defensive player of the year race, but I think he will be at least top five, man. He's still one of the best defenders, man. So shout out to PG. Now we're done with the awards prediction segment of this podcast. We're going to get into more topics and storylines coming into this season. First, I want to start with who's the best LA team between the Clippers and the Lakers. Being with uh, the with the Lakers, getting um, LeBron back healthy, like you said earlier, he hasn't played since April. Getting AD, you got a lot of talent coming off the bench, man. You got um, still you got Dwight, you got Javale, you got Avery Bradley who's solid. You got Danny Green who's solid. You got a lot of pieces, and with the Clippers, you have uh, Kawhi in the trade uh, in the sign. You signed him, traded for Paul George. You still have the pieces from last year with. Uh, Lou Will, you got Montrez Harrell, you still got Pat Bev. So it's going to be um, a real battle of the Staples Center this year, man. So who you got for the best L.A. team? Uh, for the best L.A. team, I I got to go with the Lakers. Um, 
Lakers. Like I really like Kawhi, I like Paul George, I like Pat Beverly, I like Lou Will. I, I like all those boys. They are very aggressive. They're very defensive, and they're, they're just a strong team. Like, and I love the culture that Doc Rivers instills in them. You know, like they on on paper actually they really look like they should be the better team. But I refuse to go against LeBron James. I I just I have to give him that nod. Just the man has been to more finals than anybody else in his class, you know, um, in his draft class and even draft classes after right now, you know. So I I got to give him that veteran nod and playing with the best teammate that he's ever had, and that that's including D Wade because when LeBron went to Miami to play with D Wade, D Wade wasn't. He was still Flash, but he wasn't the Flash that won the title, if that makes sense, you know? So, as far as, like, in their prime, uh, top of the league type players, Anthony Davis is definitely the best teammate he's had. So, with a player like that next to LeBron, and with Jason Kidd as the assistant coach, and uh, there was was another assistant coach that uh, LeBron is used to to playing with um, from a few years prior to being with LA that uh, that's joined the roster now for the Lakers. So I feel like with a good coaching staff and some players that he can deal with pretty nicely, I feel like LeBron will have the Lakers in a comfortable spot to be the best team in LA. Even if the Clippers end up being ranking high, ranked higher, I think you'll still be able to tell that the Lakers are the better team. I'm rocking out with the Clippers, man. Shout out to Kawhi, shout out to PG, man. I think that's the best duo in the league, to be honest with you. I know LeBron is the best player in the league, and I know uh, AD is a top 10, top 5 talent, but I think the mixture of the defense, the defense for the Clippers is going to be crazy, man. I think the uh, the Lakers can put up more points, but against the Clippers, you got Pat Bev, probably the best point guard defender. You got the two of the best wing defenders in PG and Kawhi. You got Montrez holding it down in the paint. You got the best six man in the league. So I think that combination is the best in the league, man. I think the um the Lakers have a lot of talent, but oh my goodness. I think <laughs> I think the Clippers just have everything you need to be a championship team, man. They got the defense, they got the offense, they got the clutch performers. I think the the Clippers for sure, man. They got I'm going I got them going to the finals. Uh so next I want to get into the best duo. So, duos is definitely the topic coming into this year. I feel like every team has a one-two punch. Uh, even if their team is injured, like uh, KD and Kyrie for next year when KD comes back. You got uh, LeBron and AD, like we were just speaking about. PG, Kawhi, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, Russ, and Harden. So, I just wanted to get into the best duo. So, who you got for the best duo? Yeah, I got to go with LeBron and AD. LeBron is just going to come this season, his 17th season in the league. Uh, he, he's going to come in letting everybody know that you you guys tried to forget about me, but it's not going to work. Because with Kawhi doing everything he was doing last season, winning the championship, I feel like a lot of people were starting to question if LeBron was even a top three player in the league anymore. So I, I feel like he has a chip on his shoulder this year to come back and prove to everybody just who he is at the end of the day. Hey, but I want to ask you this, though. I want to ask you this, though. I want to ask you this, though. Being that this is his 17th year, and he just got hurt last year, do you think injuries could be in LeBron's future? Uh, No, not with the load management 
that teams are implementing now with star players. Um, same thing you could say with Kawhi almost. You know, it, it's just it's going to depend on how many games he wants to play and with certain games, how intense will he play. And look, LeBron has done great so far. Like, we, we just seen that last season, year 16, like, was the first year that he actually got injured. And not like, not like just getting hit, like, to where he had to wear a mask, like, that one year for mm-hmm. my or something like that, like, an actual injury. Like, last season was his first time in career by actually getting an injury like that. You know, so I don't feel like it's something to be worried about, although father, you can see father time creeping up on him a little bit. I think he'll understand his body enough to where he'll know when and when not to make certain plays, you know. So um, I, I feel like he'll be okay, barring injury. I don't, hopefully nothing happens to where he gets injured, but that's my take on yeah, that. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think he's going to be straight, man. Uh, I think he might have a couple of nagging injuries, you know what I'm saying? The, the back, the groin. Like you said, he's just going to be implemented into that load management system just like Kawhi is, man. He's going to miss about uh, 15, probably 10, 15 games this year. I don't think he's going to play all the games, but he's still going to be enough to get MVP. I'm still rocking with that uh, prediction. But for my best duo, like I said before, I'm going with uh, PG and Kawhi, man. They're the best two-way players in the league, man. The best defensive combo, in my opinion, in the league. So they're going to hold it down for the Clippers, man. Um, I wanted to get your predictions for the finals. I want to say, I want to say the 76ers. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, I think the 76ers are gonna do it this year. I know last year everybody was kind of hoping for them to make it, um, but it didn't happen. But I, I feel like this year with uh, with them adding Al Horford to the team they already have, I feel like this this is gonna be Philly's year to make it for the East. Hold on, and, hold on. let's stop. Um, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Being that you got the 76ers going to the, the finals, and in my opinion, I think Ben Simmons has to take that leap and has to get that jump shot to get them to the finals. So we watched a couple preseason games. We've seen him knock down a couple of jump shots. But it still isn't enough to say he's going to take that leap. So do you think the progression will show this season? Do you think he will even take jump shots come this season? Uh, is, the, is it real? Is the phenomenon of Ben Simmons' jump shot real? I feel like it's real, you know, just for the for the simple fact that he's actually attempted a three pointer for the first time in his career this preseason. Like that says a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So the fact that he even took that chance during a preseason. But Edgar, game, Edgar, Edgar, you got to look at this though. The shot clock was going down. That nigga, he had two seconds left on the shot clock, so he had to shoot the ball. It went in, so everybody praised him. But he really did not want to take that shot. Ben Simmons does not want to shoot. So I will ask you again. Uh, although he doesn't want to, he, he was put in the situation where he had to. Yeah. And instead of taking that extra step forward to be inside the arc, he still chose to stay outside of the arc. So I still feel like although time was running down, he still chose that that split second, I'm going to try the three instead of being safe and going for the two. So I, I'm just proud to see him try that. 
And I, I think it's, it's something to believe. I think Ben Simmons is going to be for real with this jump shot. Would it take a couple of games or a month or so to, like, actually have it set in for him and be somewhat of a threat? Yes, but I feel like it's for real. Uh, I'm going to say it's not for real. Uh, it depends on what we're saying by for real. Um, if he's going to attempt jump shots, then, yeah, it's for real. But will he make them is the thing for me. Um, I think all he really has to do is attempt them, but I don't think it will be a three-point jump shot. I think it will be more of a mid-range. You get him in the post, he faces up, then shoots the ball more than a three-pointer. I think that's more of what we should be expecting from Ben Simmons. But I think the 76ers will make it to the, to the finals, though. Being that they have Josh Richardson, they got Horford from the Celtics, they got Embiid. Um, and that pain from that loss to the Raptors last year is still with them. And I think that pain uh, will carry them to uh, a finals, in my opinion. So who you got for the Western Conference coming out uh, for the uh, finals? The Western Conference, this, this is just going to be such a huge year for L.A. I feel like it's going to be either one of the L.A. teams, either the Lakers or the Clippers. And being a LeBron fan, I just feel like he's going to do honor to the purple and gold, and he's going to um, try to bring a championship to L.A. So I, I feel like it will be the Lakers and the own um, 76ers or the Clippers and the 76ers. Yeah, I'm rocking out with the Clippers, like I said before. I'm going with the Clippers and 76ers for my finals predictions. And I wanted to harm, go back to a topic that we went to earlier of can Russ and Harden coexist. Like I said, I think their minutes will have to be staggered this year. I don't think they could play a lot together, uh, a lot together being that they're both ball dominant. I think they still have the talent to get them to a Western Conference Finals, but I don't think that pairing will work. I think CP3 is a better shooter than Russell Westbrook. That's why he worked better with Harden because you can throw uh, CP3 in the corner and he's gonna, he can easily knock down a jump shot. Russ is not the same way. He's never been that type of guy. He always had the ball in his hands. I know people always want to go back to the what they did with the Thunder, but they're both at different stages of their careers right now. They're both 30. They both have MVPs. They both want the rock in their hands at the end of the game. So it's uh, I don't see it happening. I don't see them coexisting. But how did you feel about um, Harden and Russ? I feel like Russ and Harden are going to work better than what people think they will. Just off the simple fact that, like you said, although they both do have MVPs, they they're both um, uh, they both made it to the All Star game several times now. They both have rankings as as high con um as high contenders for possible best guard in the league. Like they both have reasonable debate for that, you know. So although they both want the ball in their hands, they understand that okay, if we want to make this work we're going to have to sacrifice and just share the ball with each other. You know, I feel like they can make it happen. And although those Oklahoma City days were a while ago, uh, I feel like they can still bring that click back from then. I agree. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I don't think it will happen. But I, I like some of your points. Um, the Boston Celtics. I wanted to get into the Celtics for a quick little minute. Um, being that... I think they're a pretender in the, the Eastern Conference for the finals. I do like their squad. They do have a lot of talent with Kimba, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, like we were talking about earlier, uh, cancer and all that. I just wanted to know, 
Where is what is their ceiling? What what piece do they need to get them to the top? For the Celtics, I think the piece that they would need would maybe be. I'm not sure when it comes to that because at the guard position they're pretty fine, you know. Um, I would probably say a four or a five. Hey, and like also, 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 let me let me get this in before. I want to say this before the season starts. Gordon Hayward was getting a lot of flat last year. I'm glad I remember this. I'm glad I remember this. Gordon Hayward was getting a lot of blame for the Celtics' losses last year. Even though he was coming back from a dislocated ankle. He is two years removed from that injury. Gordon Hayward will be back to the regular Gordon Hayward that he was in Utah. He will be dangerous once again. It just hit my brain. I did not write him down, but Gordon Hayward will be huge for this team. Their starting lineup will be Kimba, um, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Horford, not Horford, but uh, Hayward, and Cantor. That is a solid, solid, actually very, very good lineup coming out of the East. So I just wanted to give Gordon Hayward that credit, man. He was getting too much blame for the losses, even though I think more blame should have been put on Brad Stevens, man. So Hayward is going to have a tremendous season. He's going to show you why he was an all-star um, with the Utah Jazz a couple seasons ago, man. So I'm praying for nothing but good things for Gordon Hayward coming uh, from the injury. Uh, but uh, continue. I just wanted to oh, say that. Yeah, I, I just feel like, um, and all the points that you made, I agree with. Uh, but as we were saying before, with cancer being that big man that they have right now and not really being that good of a defensive yeah. presence, I feel like a, another big man would be the, the key that they need, the key piece that they need to be a fully complete team, you know, and uh, Cantor is good enough to come off the bench for me if I wanted to, like, an off-the-bench big man for the yeah, five. I feel the same. Um, but I feel like they need a better five position as a starter for their team to, like, truly have a well-oiled machine there in Boston. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Because going from Kyrie to Kimball, I don't think that's that big of a drop-off in my opinion. I think Kimball will be a better fit with his team being that Kyrie is so mercurial personality-wise. So I think Kimball will be a better fit. I think he's more consistent uh, more consistent and a better leader. So I think they need a better big man. They have drafted a couple. They drafted Taco. They drafted Robert Williams out of Texas A&M last year. So Robert Williams could be a defensive uh, stopper for them in the, plant, uh, in the paint. They also got rid of Aaron Baines, who was solid for him. So the center position is going to be the real a real hole for them. But they have talent on this team. Like, one through four, they have the talent. But center is going to be a huge detriment for the Boston Celtics and it's something that will hold them back come playoff time. And I also wanted to get into the Spurs. So, DeJounte Murray returns, man. Uh, a lot of people forgot about him last year. Um, they just remember Derek White, um, Forbes, DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, man. But DeJounte Murray is back from his ACL injury. And watching the first couple preseason games, man, he actually looks mighty, mighty good. He has an improved jump shot. He was already getting it in his second season. Now it's his fourth year. I think he will be a huge addition to this team, man. So how do you feel about the Spurs going into this season? Uh, I feel the Spurs will – I don't think the Spurs will make the playoffs. but And that's going to be strange for Popovich, I know, uh, just – with the amount of talent and amount, the amount of wins that he's racked up throughout his entire career, like just not making the playoffs and having to be okay with that, that's going to be 
pretty challenging for them, I'm sure. But I feel like the Spurs will definitely show um, a strong ignite in their in their flame this season with Murray coming back and DeRozan being a great jump shooter that he is. I feel like this is going to be um, a good season for them to just learn their personnel better and be able to really learn under Popovich and hopefully within the next two to three seasons get back to hopefully looking like the Spurs that we're used to seeing, like playoff contending, hopefully um, soon to be championship contending Spurs teams again. You know, So I feel like um, the Spurs are looking to the future right now, even though they're trying to make sure this season is a good one. Yeah, man, I, th- I got the Spurs making the playoffs, man. I actually think they could be a sneaky team coming uh, come playoff time, man. I just never go against the grain when it comes to Pop, man. Pop always gets the job done, even when it comes to no names or the biggest names. Uh, Aldrich was looked at as washed up at one point, and now he's an all-star once again. DeRozan is solid, uh, near all-star. Uh, DeJounte Murray, I think he's going to be in that all-star range as well. I think people sleep on him a little too much. And uh, they also have Derek White, who was playing for the USA team. So I think that would be big for his confidence coming into this season. Man, I think they just have so much talent at the guard position. Um, Jakob Pertl was a nice little center addition coming from Toronto in that trade with uh, DeRozan. So I think they have a lot, a lot, a lot of talent in San Antonio. I just want to see how uh, Pop puts it all together. And now I want to get into the Jazz. The Jazz are a very, 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 very interesting team, uh, team to me. They just got Mike Conley this summer. They got Boyan by Donovan, like I, I talked about earlier. So that shows up their point guard position. There's no more Rubio. And uh, Bogdanovich is going to play the four for them. They got rid of Derek Favors, but Bogdanovich is going to fill that hole. They still got Donovan Mitchell, who is a near all-star. Uh, Rudy Gobert, who is a near all-star. And uh, some nice little pieces coming off the bench, man. They got Dante Exum uh, and other little pieces, man. So how do you feel about the Jazz coming into this year? I feel like the Jazz are going to um, be just as good, if not better, than what they were last year, you know, even with the strong um, the strong fight that the West is going to have this year. I feel like the Jazz are going to provide uh, a secure spot for that fifth or sixth seed, um, as I was talking about earlier, you know, um, they, they could definitely make a, a strong case for a deep playoff run, definitely second round at least. Um, I think they'll they'll provide a they'll they'll provide Donovan Mitchell with a strong case for um not not for uh not for MVP but for um you know just one of the best point guards in the league this season. I think they'll help them make a strong case for that. I agree. I agree. Uh, the Jazz, man. I think the Jazz could be the Jazz are a second round team to me, but I think they have the pieces to upset. One of the L.A. teams, they have the pieces, but do they have the experience uh, and do they have the, the moxie to, to go up against a LeBron or go up against a Kawhi and go to L.A. and beat them? I just don't know that right uh, right now, but hopefully I can see that during the season. Now I want to get into this topic, man. Shout out to Vince Carter, man. I want to give my man his flowers, man. He This is his... What is this Vince 22nd, 21st, 22nd season, man? I want to say shout out to Vince, man. I want to talk about the Hawks for this quick second, man. I just want to give Vince Carter his flowers, man. Season number 22. That man been in the league longer than I've been born, man. That junk is kind of crazy. But shout out to Vince. 
And I just wanted to talk about the the um the Hawks coming into this year. They got Trey Young. They have a nice prospect out of Duke and Cam Reddish. Collins had a nice year last year. They have a lot of uh pieces with uh Herder, um DeAndre Hunter. They have Jabari Parker, Parsons, other pieces like that, man. So how do you feel about the Hawks? Are they dangerous? Or a team that you should look for in the East? Uh, I wouldn't say this season. Um, definitely next season or um twenty. I would say the season for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Those will be seasons that we can actually look at Atlanta and say, yeah, this team is for real. Like they are here. Uh, this is gonna be. This season is going to be a statement maker for them to show that they can be that team. But I, I want to give them at least one or two more seasons to actually be able to show everybody that they can be a, um, a strong playoff contention team. But this season is definitely going to be a great stepping stone for them to make that, um, that voice heard. Yeah, man, they're definitely a team that's going to come up in the future, man. Trey Young, I think, is going to lead the league in assists, man, just – for just how much he has the ball in his hands. Like, everything runs through him. Everything is a Trey Young pick and roll. I think Cam Reddish is going to be an all-star talent in the future, man. Collins is the same way. Vince is a nice little, uh, I think he's going to play the four for them this year, man. So he's a nice little piece as well, man, who can also shoot the ball, man. So the Hawks are definitely a team. I got them making the playoffs. So the Hawks are definitely a team uh, to look out for in the East, man, being that it's so weak. And a young team on the rise, man. So shout out to the Hawks. So that seems to be all our topics for this week, man. Edgar, you got anything to say for the people, man? Oh, I want to end with bold predictions. I want to end with a bold prediction. Give me a bold prediction, man, coming into this year. We made a lot of predictions. We made predictions on MVP, Defense Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. But give me a bold prediction that nobody is thinking about right now. Give me a bold prediction. A bold prediction. Mm-hmm. A bold prediction for me would be that not only will the Miami Heat make the playoffs, they'll get to the second round. Okay. I can actually, I can actually see that. Okay. Uh, regardless of whatever playoff spot they would get, I feel like not only will they make the playoffs, but they'll get to the second round, and that'll be on the shoulders of Jimmy Butler and the aggressive spirit that he brings to whatever team he goes to. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, bold prediction, man. That's tough. I want to say something that's off the wall because it's just how much I like DeJounte Murray. But I think DeJounte Murray is going to be a top three candidate for defense player of the year. And I think he's just going to miss out on being an all-star. I think he's going to be the best player on the Spurs by the end of the year. DeJounte Murray be on the lookout for DeJounte and uh, Trey Young being an All-Star as well. Trey Young and Tatum being first-time All-Stars on my bold predictions. So, that sounds good. Yeah, that's not, those, those solid predictions, solid predictions, man. I like them. I like them both. So, that's our time, man, with the Q&E podcast, man. I'm here with my boy, Eggert, man. Say we gone, man. We about to be out of here, man. Say what up to him, Eggert. All right. Thank y'all for listening to the Q&E podcast. Can't wait to catch up with y'all again next week. Talk about what we were right and wrong with and give bold predictions for next week coming up. And we can't wait to tell you what's going on in the sports world. So thank you for listening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I said, my name is Quincy Hicks, man. And that's my brother, uh, Eggert Martin, man. 
It's just the Q&E podcast, man. Peace out.